Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Um, but if they wanted to learn, let's say, songs fast, what, what do you think about the role of technique in your ability to do that? Well, again, there, there are two things involved in that. The better your, needless to say, the better that your technique is, the more options you have in terms of the songs that you can play. And the more comfortability, comfortability you have in your comfort zone, right? I mean, the, the more you develop your ability to down pick or your ability to alternate pick or your ability to play chords or switch chords or whatever it is, right? For me, there's really, there's, there's, well, there's all kinds of different categories, but there's, there's fundamental or rudimentary skills, which is techniques, right? And then there's creative, creative, I was going to say creativity, but creative skills, your ability to listen, your ability to analyze your situation and react to that situation on a musical level, right? Mm -hmm. Which we're going to talk about more in one of the upcoming sessions where we talk about soloing. Um, th those are really kind of key is the development of these things and then the application of these things that you're learning. So when you think about playing something like something very simple, like Again, I don't want to get blocked on YouTube or something, but if I go like this. Right, and you probably know what that is. But the point is, is that when I play that, there's a host of different techniques happening, right? It doesn't, it's not hard, and for some of you, you're going to go, oh, that's really easy. Yes, but it doesn't mean it's easy for everybody. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to palm mute and you've got to find the right spot like oftentimes when i teach people about palm muting and setting your palm down right when you palm mute oftentimes people don't aren't really sure or don't realize that there's different kinds of palm muting that you can get right how many strings should i play do i know a power chord right and then can i switch to another chord seamlessly in that eighth note sequence and go back, right? And then you'll notice on the on the eighth beat, I'm strumming one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So all of these techniques come from being able to listen and visualize the song, being aware of what it is, and then being able to apply those techniques that you're learning. And all those techniques, of course, are in the course. But speaking of, um, <clears throat> Maybe now would be a good time to share this mind map with you, but I've had several questions about it. Uh, so one person asked us to email it to them. Uh, it's already pinned in the, uh, the Facebook community there, as well as I'm, I'm assuming on several of the YouTube channels. By the way, guys, if you're not aware, we have three YouTube channels. We have the Guitar Songs, I'm sorry, Guitar Zoom Songs channel, uh, where it's all about songs. And uh, and. Then we have the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel, and then we have Steve Stein YouTube channel. So there's three YouTube channels. Make sure you subscribe to all of those so you can get all of the newest stuff that comes out on those different channels. Um, and uh, so let's let me show this real quick, Steve. Maybe this will answer some questions for people about like what are we talking about? We say technique. You know, it's this foundational element that if you don't 
it's to me the technique is like how it's how you do certain things how you strum how you pick how you palm mute how you do certain things and then you build your creativity on top of that development that's the thing is is not just the how but the development of right because we can learn how to down pick we push the pick down right that's how we do it but the development of the application of it is what you really want to focus on once you've learned how it works you have to sit and do it over and over and over and not just think about the functionality it's not always just this is what it is you also want to think about this is how it feels this is how it sounds right when people talk about you know you know needless to say i play ibanez guitars i've been playing ibanez guitars since i was i bought my first one when i was 17. I've been playing EMG pickups since 1992. These are a staple of my comfort zone. It doesn't mean that there's not a million great guitar companies and you know pickup companies out there because there are. There's all kinds of them. But this is where my comfort zone is. So when I go to apply some of the techniques that I do, these things are kind of involved in that element, if that kind of makes sense. So if I go and I want to get a pinch harmonic, or I want to get like for me palm muting was huge because again I'm I'm 50 my my prime time of playing was in the 80s that's when I was learning everything so it was Metallica and you know Megadeth and Slayer and Anthrax and I was such a huge fan of Anthrax and the Anthrax tone that ever since then my palm mute is based off the sound that I get through the gear that I use, through the tones that I make, are based on anthrax. It was always, they, they had this really tight sound. It wasn't a buzzy sound, it was a tight sound. So even talking about things like that make a difference in your approach on the songs that you're playing. We all well, I shouldn't say we all, but many of us know how to palm mute. But that doesn't mean that our our approach to palm muting is the same, and it doesn't mean the sound that we get when we palm mute is the same either. That's not bad. It's just you got to develop those things. So technique is is knowing how to do something and then continually trying to develop that thing so you can you can hear what you're trying to. It, it sounds the way you need it to sound, and it feels the way you need it to feel. Right, love it. So, guys, every, if you're if you're just now joining us, we're about halfway through, a little over halfway through this particular workshop about playing songs and technique needed to um, to learn lots of songs. And what I'd like to do now is share with you uh, the mind map that Steve created. This is kind of a behind the scenes look about how Steve creates courses for you. And he sat down and created this mind map uh, earlier in this year, and then developed this entire course, which turned out to be the essential techniques. Uh, course. And it's called Essential Techniques by Steve Stein, available at guitarzoom.com right now at the introductory price. You just go to the website, guitarzoom, click on the banner, um, and you'll get all the information about the course. Steve, uh, I'm going to click share screen and hopefully this is going to work. Let me know, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I tried this the last time. It kind of blew up. Let me know if you can see that by map. Oh, yeah. See, I can't shut you off or your audio goes off. Let me try this. There we go. Should I try again or can you, can you guys no, see it? Okay. In here? It's up. Yep. It's good? Yep. It's good? Okay. 
So guys, what you're looking at here is um, this software that Steve uses called Aroya, Ayoa. I don't know. Anyway, it's that if you're interested in this kind of thing. software that's free. <laughs> yes. Here it is right here. Uh, I actually changed this name on here. It says Essential Techniques. It was just, it just said Techniques Course 2020 because Steve knew we were going to do, he wanted to do something about techniques because it was the one course that did not have kind of a flagship course on technique available at Guitar Zoom. And so this is it. This is a new one. And it starts out, um, you can see the level of detail that Steve puts into thinking about what it is that he's going to teach. I mean, this is just an intro discussion here. He's going to go into um, guitar amp and setup. Uh, we did do a session on uh, chords and strumming. That was the first workshop series. You can, if you want to go back and watch that, uh, bouncing, lifting and shifting, sliding the power chords, you can see uh, controlled strumming. Um, there's a whole section on bar chords here. The next session, let me zoom out a little bit. How do I do that? Uh, rhythm and strumming. Here's an entire section. You can see this whole branch over here, all of this stuff is all tied to strumming and rhythm. There's a whole section on picking hand development. So whichever hand you pick with, you can see all the different branches that are associated with that just one particular thing. So it's about picking control and then you go into holding the guitar pick properly, which actually we talked a lot about in the last session. Down picking, palm muting, alternate picking development. We went into all of these exercises. Well, we went into one of the three exercises in the last session as well. If you guys want to go back and watch that, um, these different 30 second, 60 second and three minute exercises that Steve's developed to help you develop your picking. Super cool. That's also in the essential techniques course, fret hand development, legato and all of that. Um, again, I'm just glossing over this. We don't have time to go through every detail, but you can see this thing is massive. It's about six and a half hours long a session on a section on vibrato bends. I mean, just look at the thing on bends, whole half, three fret blues, unison, harmony, pre bends, ghost bends, double pumps, siren bends, bend slides, hammer, uh, bend pull offs. All of these are specific techniques for bending that regardless of what style you play or it's rock and roll or old school blues or even country or chicken picking or anything like that. These different types of bends are universal. They're just things you need to know as a guitar player. Hand synchronization, slides, uh, arpeggios, string skipping, playing octaves, two-hand tapping, harmonics, dynamic tools, guitar tone tools, sound effects, hybrid picking, and capo. So th those are the major components of the new Essential Techniques course that uh, is available for you right now. At the introductory price at guitarzoom.com. Anything to add to that, Steve? Like your your mind of how you actually go about creating and I mean, how does that stuff come out of your head? You just does it just flow well, or what? It's, just, it, it's it's just the way I've I've grown up my entire thought process. Even explaining bird's eye view and that of a song is the same way I I try and construct guitar courses. That's you know, awesome. Just to think about you know I sit and think about all the aspects of things that are relative to whatever it is I'm talking about and then start trying to organize them and put them in a systematic fashion. And, you know, that's, that's the whole key. And like I said, the most important thing for people to remember is that your development of your ability to navigate across the guitar, doing things right. And doing things comfortably is such an important part of learning how to play guitar. 
it's not the only part. There are other, most certainly other parts that you need to be aware of, though. But like when I was younger, I, I didn't have any creativity. I mean, maybe I did, but I, I, I couldn't express that on my guitar. I could play things matter-of-factly. I could play songs by artists that I liked, right? But I couldn't write my own songs. I couldn't jam over the top of things because I didn't understand anything. Like, I didn't know anything about scales and stuff like that. Um, but what I did possess was the availability of being able to visualize things and grab things very quickly and analyze them and then be able to regurgitate them. So what was nice about developing all of that early and my development of technique and all those sorts of things is that it then led to creative playing and learning about modes and things like that. And again, again, not just learning it to learn it to say, I learned what a Dorian mode is. Now I eat a sandwich, right? It's not that. It's I learned what a Dorian mode is and I can actually utilize it in my playing, like different kinds of things like that. That's what I want. The bigger picture is what I want, always want you to think about. Love it. Wow. Uh, Steve, we have a ton of questions. I was wondering if you'd be willing to jump in because we're about 45 minutes into this. Just do some rapid fire uh, question and answers for everybody. Cool. Tom Robbins says, hi, Dan. Hi, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, so, all right, let's jump into some questions and answers. Wow. There's a lot here. Let me just, let's just jump in. How long will it take for a beginner to start playing a real song and recognizing notes? And that, uh, question comes from Samichka Tripathy. Okay. Yes. These are two different questions though. Okay. How long will it take for a beginner to start playing a real song and recognizing notes? But those are, and like I said, those are two different questions. Learning to play a real song, it depends on, again, always think about the box, right? Think about the box that you exist in. If you know nothing about guitar playing, it's going to take you a while to learn how to play a song because you have to develop chords, you have to develop strumming, you have to develop timing, and you still have to develop the availability to be able to hear the song. Like when I teach beginners, right? The first thing we do is we start scratching to songs before we ever try and play chords or anything. The first thing I try and do is what we're talking about today is to get them to make a musical connection to the music. Mm -hmm. so they're not thinking about G because if they think about G, guess what they're not thinking about? The music. Right. They're thinking about G because in the early stages, they don't have the availability to share brain space. It's all concentrating on whatever it is they're trying to do. So the first thing I try to do with beginners is not teach them chords. I teach them how to scratch to make a rhythmic connection to the music. Then we start focusing on chords. And what I do is I start, start teaching them easier chords, not the harder chords, but easier chords. And here's the trick, and this is what I mentioned at the very beginning. I then try and teach them songs that fit into the box that they're learning. They are not their favorite songs, I guarantee you, right? Mm, songs mm. that are functional that serve a purpose they're not just to get girls right they're learning songs that help them to teach to learn how to play the guitar right so we're learning songs that enable them to listen to strum and to move chords at the same time so if you're just sitting there learning how to play you know some people will go well, i want to learn you know 20 chords before i learn to play a song there's nothing wrong with that but my approach is always let's start learning how to have some fun right away can we have fun right away, which might motivate you to want to learn more chords and more songs? And this is how it goes. So, again, I don't want to take too much time with this question, but it, it goes for anybody else that has these same sorts of questions, whether they're more complex songs, is you have to think about the box in which you exist in. This is you. This is your abilities on this instrument. This is your abilities 
in music and being able to listen to music and analyze your situation. If you can become more in tune with that, you start choosing songs that fit in here. So you have some wins, you have some successes, you feel good. Right. Now, is that all you should do? Absolutely not. Okay. One of my big things I tell people is you always got to be cracking the shell. You got to break that egg open. You don't want to live here forever. This is a safe zone. This isn't dangerous at all. You got to start learning how to get outside here, but you can't live outside here until you develop this. Right. So, you know, because I find a lot of players that do this when they start learning, and we'll talk more about this in soloing as well, but when they learn how to play a pentatonic and then they go, whoa, 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 that's enough. I, I got enough, right? It's okay until you develop that. Once you've developed it, you need to step outside that again and, okay, what's my next level? Now you're here. Now that comfort zone's this big. Then it's this big. Then it's this big. Right. Then it's this big. You see, it just keeps growing. Love it. Stephen Brooks asks, would working with a looper help with rhythm and playing with others, or would it screw up a novice like me? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Playing with a looper? Mm -hmm. No, it's not going to screw you up. It's just, it, the, the only thing I want you to be aware of is that it is possible, especially in today's technology, it's like going on YouTube and wanting to watch a video, and now it's six hours later and you're still watching cat videos of them playing pianos or something <laughs> six hours later, and you've wasted all this time. Just make sure that that looper pedal is what you really need to serve the purpose. Could you be doing that with a simple metronome? Right. Right? So I can't answer that for you, but I'm just saying I, I've, I, I've encountered it all the time with, with, with uh, guitar players that are always finding excuses, even though they don't realize that they're finding things in between. Well, if I only had this, well, if I only did this, well, if I only did this, as opposed to what do I have? What do I got right now? What can I work with right now to develop my ability? And right. If the pedal serves that, then that's perfect. Um, yeah, man. I'm, and uh, guys, as we're as you're posting questions and we're getting these coming in, uh, do us a favor and, and try, if you can, to keep it centered around songs and any type of techniques that you would need to know to play songs. Because you're getting a lot of questions about lots of different things. I totally forgot to mention that. It, it helps Steve and I to help Steve to kind of stay in one track instead of answering like everything and kind of keeps the discussion focused. Um, so we would appreciate that if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Steve Mangum says, is it good to have the tab ready, uh, readily available when you're listening to the song you want to learn? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, give your brain time to absorb the song before you ever grab the tab though. Because mm -hmm. again, what I find with a lot of students when I'm teaching them is as soon as we start listening to a song, and we've talked about like structure and I'll go, okay, don't play, just listen. The first thing that they'll do is they'll go like this and they'll start trying to play. 
And then I know that their brain is now here. It's not here. It's not listening. So that's the most important thing to think about is it's okay to have the tab or anything, but already have given yourself time to absorb the song. You'll save more time on the back end if you really get to know what it is that you're trying to do here. Mm. Okay, and I was going to mention this because I see people talking about loopers being creative and I'm not saying loopers are bad. I own a looper. What I'm saying is if you are a beginner, is a looper the best thing that you could have to start trying to practice your rhythm and your timing? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Loopers are wonderful for creativity. But that's saying that you've already been playing for a while and you found a place for the looper in your playing, right? Hmm. I wouldn't go to a, a beginner student and go, okay, go spend 300 bucks on a looper and let's get going here, right? There's a lot right. of other things we could do before we ever get there. Yeah. Uh, one question just came in. I just noticed that uh, my, my chat box says, hello, Dan, is the course available online or is it also on DVD? It's online only. Uh, it's instantly available. So um, as soon as you get in there, you'll have ac- as soon as your order goes through, you'll have access right in the members site. And there's also some really cool bonuses. I, I um, just noticed uh, you also get some additional things. In addition to the essential techniques course, you also get the ultimate rock guitar, ultimate rock guitar course. You get uh, chord chasing mastery. You get solos of the seventies. You get ultimate daily practice routine. Um, some jam tracks, the tab book, progress tracker, access to the Facebook group, which is a invitation only private group uh, for members only. Yeah, so you get a lot of other cool stuff too. In addition to the essential techniques course. Again, it's available right now at guitarzoom.com. Just click on the big banner at the top, and it's available right now at the introductory price. Next question, Steve. Having a hard time going from playing riffs to playing whole songs. Any advice for remembering the changes? That comes from Pat Perry. Thank you for that question, Pat. Remembering riffs versus remembering whole songs? Having a hard time going from playing just riffs to playing whole songs. Well, again, you got to step back and get comfortable with the, the frames, right, that I was talking about. If you learn a riff, that's great, but you've got to clear the next part to know what the next part is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then here's something else I'll say, and then I actually have a question on screen. I'm going to answer it real quick here. Sure. What happens sometimes, especially when you get into a little more complex music, is you might have a riff. We'll call it a riff. And then you have another riff, right? And you're practicing this riff and developing this thing. And then you get it developed. Then you need to practice this riff and develop this but then you need to practice shifting from one riff to the next. Mm. So even though you can play this riff at 140 beats per minute, let's say, and then this one you finally develop and you can play this at 140, it doesn't mean you're gonna play both at 140. Sometimes mm. you need to slow down that collective pattern and get used to this, the, um, the thread from one riff to the next, right? And people don't realize that, they just develop these things. And, you know, this is why a lot of times when we play, people always have to start at the beginning of something. They can't start in the middle of something mm. and then keep going, right? You've got to be able to, to, to maneuver that riff at any parameter inside there. And when you, when you connect those two pieces together, slow it down. And now this is the riff, right? It's not two riffs anymore. Now this is one thing. And then you grab another one. And you just keep adding these pieces together. Now, again, you can, you can always zoom in and micromanage each part but you can always zoom out and see them as one bigger thing. Mm. On the screen, it says, do you use simpler chords to initially learn a song and expand as you are more comfortable? One million percent. I do not look for perfection with my students when I try and teach. I want them to enjoy the journey. Mm. 
and to continue playing 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. So sure. I don't walk around with a ruler smacking people in the hands because they didn't do something exactly the way, whatever. Do what you need to do. I was a Montessori instructor for 15 years. And we would always say, we would always say to the kids, do what makes sense to you. Do what works in your head when you're learning something, right? They might be trying to do a math problem or something and they don't see it the logical way. They have to look at it from a different perspective. So sometimes you have to find a way that works for you. Once you find that way, absolutely again we're not we're not punking out and we're trying not trying to look for the easy way out we still want to learn how to do it the right way with anything with any technique that you use but sometimes you got to start easy and then once you develop that then decide where to go next you know if it's your very first song that you're learning how to play do you really need to play it exactly perfect or can you just have some fun with it and move on to something else and try that and try this and try that and then you know, come across something that you really like in the meantime, and then work harder on that. Super cool. This is a good question from Bill Dack. He says, what is meant by a bridge in a song? Well, a bridge is literally that it's a part that connects two pieces together. Think of a bridge, what a bridge does connects this thing to this thing, right? That's what a bridge is. That's a great question. Thanks for that question, Bill. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah, there's tons of them here. Sorry to leave you hanging, Steve. Do you, um, do you make notes as you learn or do you make your own charts as you learn a song? That comes from Ken Johnson. My charts are scribbles for okay. the most part. Like a lot of times, like for rhythmic, rhythmic things, I'll just write like little lines like dot, 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 and it'll remind my brain that there's a punch that goes dun, dun, dun. It doesn't have to be an eighth note or a quarter note or a dotted eighth. Or I'm not thinking of it like that. It's just little reminder things. So, you know, if you know what the Nashville number system is, my thought process is almost more based off of that idea where it's all simple. I wonder if I got anything here. It's almost more, it's all simplified. So again, I'm not looking at that, that chart that I've made to give me all the information. It's just reminders for clearing. That's what the chart is doing. It's just giving me reminders for my clearing. Got it. And um, yeah, and the rest of it has to come from my listening and experiencing the song. Let's take uh, one more here. This is from Robert Wilson. He says, are triads a good approach to learning a song? Are triads? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, just sort of like power chords, he's trying to play the whole whole triad as he's trying to well, learn the song I mean, or just get the power know, chords you're, first. You're saying for beginners? The exact question is, are triads a good approach to learning a song? Does that well, question make sense to you? It, it not? Kinda, I guess it kind of depends. I mean, a triad is a specific theoretical term that means the root, the third, and the fifth, or some element of of three different pitches. Mm -hmm. uh, chords are a good way to learn songs, right? I mean, your G chord is, is based off a triad, or your D chord is based off a triad. But I don't know that we, 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 we refer to them more as chords than triads because you might be learning like a power chord, you know, learning how to play. Right? And, and that's not a triad, but it's a power chord. So don't think so much in terms of like a triad. Think in terms of if you're going to learn a song, learn what the chords are of that song. Very cool. That makes sense. Guys, we've talked a lot about songs today um, and the techniques around them in order to be able to learn them quickly, easily, uh, hey, effortlessly. Yeah, man. Can I just answer this quick? Sure, go ahead, bud. Uh, this one says, knowing basic theory will lead you to better understanding of songs intuitively. Would you agree? 
knowing, and he says, knowing basic theory. He's not saying knowing Phrygian dominant, right? He's saying knowing basic theory, and it's, it's absolutely true. Knowing that G and C and D go together, whether you know it's a 1, 4, 5 or not, understanding that G and C and D, absolutely. Because that's one thing that I recognized when I was younger was all of these songs I was learning, and not just open chords, like Iron Maiden and Dio and all this stuff, is that they all looked the same. They were different places on the guitar, but the movements were always like these whole step movements, right? So everything was like... Right? It was all those movements were all the same. I didn't understand what I was doing, but I was very aware that all the movements that they were doing were similar. So, yes, basic theory is very important. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you want to keep going here? We've been we're bumping up on an hour, Steve. Um, uh, do you want to wrap it up? Or... Okay, okay. What's your approach if you don't have tabs? I see these guitarists figure stuff out and i know my major minor augmented diminished seventh ninth but lots of time i just i but lots of time the mix or my speakers and then the thing disappears well it says it says don't clarify as well oh okay got it and the thing is is that again you're talking to a guy that grew up listening to music by ear right so and there are many of us out there that rock and roll doesn't play by the rules. It doesn't mean it doesn't use rules, but it doesn't always play by the rules. There is a big difference between understanding fundamental theory, music theory, and playing music. And they do cross, but they are not equal. They are not the same thing. When you learn how to play, and you go... and you start playing the solo to it, it's not like Angus Young was sitting there listening to that going, well, let's, it it didn't work that way. So a lot of rock and roll, and when I say rock and roll, I mean, it can mean any style of music, but just this new thing that isn't classical music has to be experienced. You've got to learn to see it. You've got to learn to feel it. Right. And And you do that through playing songs. You know, it doesn't mean theory is bad. Don't get me wrong. I spent years studying theory, but it's not like theory gets in the way of my playing and vice versa. I use theory when I need it. And when I don't need it, it's in the closet. Mm-hmm. I'm not using it. So. There's a, a question here from Andy Hickman. Andy Hickman, he says, I uh, got the course. So you got the essential techniques course. Thank you, Andy, for your support. Really enjoying it. He asks, should I run through each video, then stop and practice that section and then carry on to the next? Or can you just jump in? I guess is the question. Well, what I would do is find the, find the sections and then narrow it down that most pertain to what it is you're trying to do and develop those. Like the, the worst thing that people do is that they overload on information. So you don't want to have 14 different things that you're trying to work on at once unless you've got 10 hours a day to practice, which most people Mm -hmm. don't. Focus on the ones that most pertain to what it is, the difference that you're trying to make, and then develop a routine of practice. Like, that's the most important thing with this is, again, being the how a a technique works or being introduced to a technique is one thing. But the next thing is, is that you've got to nurture it and you've got to keep refining it 
until it becomes what you need it to be. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that with all of us, including me, how many different musical techniques or ideas have we been introduced to that are gone? Like how many things have I done on this instrument that I can't even remember ever doing because right. I didn't nurture them? There's a billion, right? I try and keep the ones that are most relative to what I'm trying to do and I practice those. So that's what I would say is, is start small, find the ones that are most important and develop those. And then if you need something new, grab something, but you gotta keep this going when you bring this in, right? Otherwise now you're just moving over here and now you're gonna spend some time here and then you move here. Really focus on the ones that you need most. Uh, Bob Anderson says, is, is ear training an essential technique? Uh, for some people it is. It isn't for everybody. Um, some people never play by ear. You know, some people don't need that technique. Um, for mm -hmm. me, it's absolutely crucial. But y again, it's, it's, I honestly believe it's kind of like singing. Anything could be developed. Anything. But ear training, you've got to learn to see it in your head. You've got to learn to hear it with your ears. And some people just have more of a knack than others. That doesn't mean that everybody can't learn it. You can learn it. But you've got to, you've got to spend some quality time with it. So right. if you think it's something that you'd like to try, it's like reading notes. Some people, it's absolutely necessary to what they do for a living. And then some people, they never do it at all, you know? Gotcha. Man, this is awesome. We still have quite a lot of people hanging on with us here, Steve. Um, we've been on here now, and I know you got a lot of stuff to do, my friend. I want to thank you for taking time out to be with us in these live sessions. Absolutely. And I want to uh, encourage everybody that if you enjoyed this today, if you got some benefit out of it, please tell us one thing that you learned. Uh, you can pop that in the old chat box or comment box or wherever you happen to be watching this, Facebook, YouTube, or any other place. Let us know what you got from it. Let us know what we can do uh, um, next time that you might enjoy seeing or, or learning about. The next session is coming up on uh, Monday, I believe. Correct? Yeah, we're doing another live session for you. On Monday. Monday, yes. Yep. We're gonna we kick these off at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that's we we try to do that. I know it's ridiculous, like for for a lot of people in the U.S., like why are you having something at ten o'clock in the morning? I'm at work or whatever on a Monday. Um, it's really hard to figure out when when to do these things, guys, because we have uh, about thirty forty percent maybe of folks who are outside the U.S. all over the place. So uh, we try to pick a time where it's kind of late some places and kind of like in the day still. So anyway, it's it's there's no really easy answer to it. We just do the best yeah. we can. And one thing that's nice is if you do it earlier, people have time to watch it on a replay. That's later, true. You know, when they get off work or whatever, it's already there and yes. they can watch it. You know, they don't have to plan their evening around it or whatever. Yes. So, guys, if you missed this sec session or you're a little bit late, don't worry. We're going to take all of these live um, sessions and put them in a nice, tidy playlist for you on the Guitar Zoom playlists. You just go to Guitar Zoom at the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in Guitar Zoom. The channel will come up. Click on that. Click on playlist. And then all the workshops that we did about technique are going to be right there for you. And we'll add the ones uh, as we go. we got two more to go, I believe. Everything we've talked about in these workshops, guys, is associated and, and directly related to Steve's brand new course. It's called Essential Techniques. It's six and a half hours long. It includes some incredible information about strumming, picking, rhythm, I'm looking at the mind map again, arpeggio, string skipping, 
uh, hand synchronization, uh, picking development, all different types of uh, slides, every kind of slide you'd ever want to know. Huh? Huge groove, learning to develop your groove, all that stuff. Very important too. Yes, yes. So the course is available available for you if, if this is the right time for you and 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 um and you'd like to get that. It's available right now at the introductory price. So make sure you check that out at guitarzoom.com. I do want to mention a couple other resources that we have for you. Don't forget we have three YouTube channels. And uh that's the the guitar zoom channel, the Steve Stein YouTube channel, and the Guitar Zoom Songs channel. And um and, and today it was all about songs. We have an entire membership for you. If you're interested in that, it's called playsongs.com. Just go to playsongs.com. And we have all the officially licensed songs from the bands and the artists that you know and love. There's tab there for you and everything is 100% ad free. And you get access to all of them right at once. Uh, and so you can check that out at playsongs.com. Anything else that you want to add to this, Steve, before we wrap it up, my friend? Well, I think that's good. I think that's more than enough for, for people to chew on. I saw somebody said one bite at a time, which is the yeah. that's how you do this stuff. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Guys, we really honestly cannot thank you enough for showing up to these live events. Steve and I are just incredibly uh, blessed and, and grateful that you guys come and hang out with us. It's an honor and a privilege to help you in any way that we can. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next session on Monday for Essential Techniques. Again, the course, Essential Techniques by Steve Stein, brand new, available at guitarzoom.com. Thank you so much for your support. Anything else, Steve? I think that's good, man. Okay, buddy. Always a privilege, man. Take care. Love seeing you. Stay healthy. You look great. Keep rocking. Yeah, take care, everybody. And we'll see you on Monday. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Great. Good. I'm glad to be here with you, sir. Yes. Always fun. We like to talk about guitar. I know you do. (laughs) And we like to listen. (laughs) Um, Hey, play guitar. Are you using that? Are you set up the same way we were last week on, what was it, Friday? Yeah. All right, cool. Yep, it should be. Oh, hold on. Nope. Nope. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm set up the same way. It's so weird how that does that. Hey, Mike. Hello, everybody. Hey, Viv. Hey, Viv from NYC. That's a nice time to be in NYC. I kind of wish I was there. Yeah. Hi, Stephen Dan. Cool. Guys, thanks for joining us. I'm going to grab my coffee and uh, I'm going to see if it sounds okay. Go ahead. Okay. Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.